0: Hey, hey, you guys. We're so glad to have Mr. Dan Kiernan here with us. He was born and raised in New York, and he is an emerging pop, soul singer, and songwriter. After performing in over 30 countries and multiple concerts, cabarets, and regional theaters on both land and sea, Dan broke into the NYC music scene in 2018. Dan's shoes and music are both raw and electric. His debut live album, Dan Kiernan, Live and Unplugged, was recorded at the iconic Bitter Inn and has over 60,000 streams and charts in the LGBTQ plus music charts in the UK. His recent singles, Cutting Ties, Run With Scissors, and The Other Side has amassed over 100,000 streams. Dan has headlined in NYC at Sony Hall. The Bowery Electric, The Grove, Arlene's Grocery, D-R-O-M, The Bitter End, and the 2021 Brooklyn Pride, and the 2021 Music for Climate Justice Festival in Stockholm, Sweden. His music combines the nostalgia of the 90s and 2000 pop and classic rock. And we're so honored to have Dan here as a guest on Black Canvas. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: Well, I'm just so excited to have you on the show. I think this is great that we get to have different artists who get to speak and share their perspective and how they've been able to be successful. And we're just glad to have you most definitely on this show. Thank you so much. All right. So, Dan, I have some fun questions. I'm going to ask you some titles from some songs that you might know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe I've heard you, of them. You might
0: have heard of a few of them. And then we're just going to kind <laughs> of just go through it, if that's okay. Great. All right. So, the first one we have is cutting ties. So, what is one of your biggest pet peeves? And what would you define as a hallmark into creating genuine friendships in a wonderful business working relationship?
1: Ooh, that is a good question. Um, my biggest pet peeve is definitely like complaining and like that negative energy that people can bring sometimes. I think Cutting Ties came out towards the end of, I guess the lockdown period of the pandemic. And I think spending so much time at home and people's lives being so turned upside down during the pandemic, it gave us the gift of like real perspective and something I really prioritize after that is trying to just be grateful for everything from just being able to leave the house to be able to play on stages again so when I find people are still in this kind of negative complaining type of mindset I'm like no have we learned nothing like we've been through so much in society you know it's like if you don't like your life you have to change it you know it's like life is too short to Complain, So I would definitely say complaining.
0: (laughs) And that's a big one for me too. I feel like we have so much to be grateful for. Yes, And I think a lot of times, as you mentioned, that people kind of lost sight of this. And I think the pandemic could be used in a positive and a negative way. Um, It had us to really look inward to see what do we do with our time and our energy. But I think also the pandemic has helped us to learn more about just how important music and the crafts and the arts and being, you know, proactive and not as reactive as many of us have been before the pandemic. So I love that you yeah. shared that. That is a huge pet peeve for a lot of people.
1: Yeah. I saw um Shoshana Bean, who's one of my favorite singers, at the Apollo uh in her Christmas show back in December. And she gave this beautiful speech about how, you know, making music and making art is about gathering. And the fact that we can gather again is so important and such a key element to to sharing music, you know, and uh, so yeah,
0: awesome! I love yeah. that. So let's kind of answer that second one. I really want to put you on the spot on this. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes.
1: <laughs> I thought about this one. I think I think it's um, I think it's honesty, and I think it's perfectly timed with cutting ties because I worked on cutting ties with my collaborator um, Rocky Patera. He is an incredible songwriter. He's also huge on TikTok. He makes a, a bunch of amazing parody songs and videos all over tiktok um but i've collaborated with him on several of my songs and i think why we have a great working relationship is is honesty and i think that applies to friendships any type of relationship you have to be able to be honest and have that good communication you know especially in a working relationship when it's creative you know you're you're putting your heart and soul out there when you're saying this is a lyric i wrote or this is you know, sharing a vocal moment that's coming from your heart and your soul, you know? But it has to have that level of trust and, and open honesty and communication to be able to to get a successful product out of it.
0: I 100% agree with it. I feel like it also goes back to your intent behind the music and then also the connections you make with the people you're recording with too it plays a huge part. And like I said, honesty, commitment, love, respect. I think respect is a big
1: one 100%. Too. I mean, that's what you want when you're at a show, you want to feel that with your audience, you want to feel that with the people you're on stage with, you know, it's a, not to get too hippy dippy, but it's a sacred thing what we get to do, especially after the pandemic, not being able to do it, you know, so I think it has to have that extra weight to it now, I think is actually really important.
0: You're right about that. And I think that's where we start to appreciate those small intimate moments, as you mentioned, especially with recording, but just performing live. I yeah, think that's a big step. For I think, sure. I think you did great on the first. Let's see what you do on the second one. Okay. All right, Summer Love. And so do you know the five love languages?
1: Uh, I do, I do, I do, do. I did my research before this, so I'm, I'm well-versed. Uh, in
0: that. Uh-oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so tell us, what is your love language?
1: Um, You know, it's a good question because I'm currently single, so I would say the preferred love language at this point would be any and all of them um but i think I, I think i think words of affirmation i think as an artist it's really special to have someone who not only supports what you do but really gets what you do and can kind of go on these artistic journeys which is a lot of highs and lows with you um i think i found that to be the most meaningful thing to me in both romantic and other types of relationships as an artist. I think that's really special.
0: All right. That's a great answer. I think one of the biggest ones I think of is quality time. And I think that can be used outside of just music, like quality time with your family. Like when you think of when you actually are sitting with someone and talking to them and experiencing, you know, pain, heartbreak, love, hearing moments, I think like quality time is a big one. And I think another one would definitely be acts of service. I think like, um, you releasing your music as an act of service to a certain extent because you're helping serve someone who may not have known and need to hear that in that moment. Mm, thank you. Absolutely. So let's talk about your best part of summer. What do you love the most about the summer?
1: Oh, I, I grew up on Long Island. So I grew up kind of on the water. I mean, my family, uh, my dad worked in the boating industry, so we always were kind of on the water. So to me, that is the best part of summer. Having a drink with friends or family on the water. Like there's nothing like, and you can smell it, that smell of like summer of like sunscreen and being outside and drinks. Like it's just as that good, that good, good like summer feeling.
0: I love that you said that. I mean, summer is one of my favorites, but I also like the fall. So it just kind of varies for me. But I think the hardest part about the summer now is that there's not as much travel as people were used to doing. And I remember when I was younger, just being off from school during the summer. So that's when I really had a good time, just not being in exactly in class. Exactly. But the worst thing is when you get older,
1: you're like, "Well, I'm still working," so like there really is no break. <laughs> I know. I think about that all the time. Like I think, especially as an artist, it's like, like everyone's like, "It's the weekend," and I'm like, "I mean, I'm still just, I'm still checking along." Whether that means I have a gig that day or just like, you know, and you're kind of in it every day. You kind of just it doesn't really have that. Um, that breakup of like, oh, it's the weekend, or oh, it's it's summer, so we're just chilling for two months, you know.
0: Right, I understand because I work sometimes yeah. six to seven days a week, so I totally get that right for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: All right, so I got another question for you. So, see you is our next one. Um, if you had the opportunity to talk to someone you lost um, one more time in person, if you had that opportunity, who would you want to speak to, and what would you die to hear them say back?
1: That is a deep one. I, I, when I think about see you, I wrote that about a relationship. But I think if I had to pick anybody, I I lost my dad really unexpectedly and kind of suddenly, uh, about two and a half years ago. And I always just think I would love to be able to say, I think you know, I didn't get a chance to say goodbye or anything, and we had a great relationship. But I wish I could have like, in a split second, just been like. By the way, like, I love you and you're an amazing father and you did everything right. You know, like, I wish I could have given him that affirmation. I wish I could have gotten him to say, like, I know, like, I know you love me. I know you thought I was, you know what I'm saying? I think it would be something like that. Just like one final, like, by the way, like, you know, you were the absolute greatest, right? And like, yep. Okay, cool. Thanks.
0: (laughs) And I think, Dan, that you're doing that in your life right now, like in your music and sharing your light with other people is your way of paying it forward to your dad. Cause I think, thank you. You're welcome. I think that's one of the hardest things when you lose people close to you, or if some people just don't say, I love you. Thank you. I appreciate you. And it doesn't have to be spoken all the time. Sometimes unspoken bonds and relationships and the way you show it is, is sometimes even more important. I would say nonverbal cues are something we need to be aware of. Um, because people show yeah. it all the time. And if you don't catch it or pick up on it, sometimes it can be forceful. And I just don't believe in providing lip service because sometimes people say stuff just to make you feel See, good and it's not true and authentic. So I yeah. think that he knows that because y'all had a genuine relationship. And each and every day when you get to meet fans and meet other people around the world, you get to show him through your experiences, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, thank you. I feel that. I think. That's why I think like the thing I want to hear, I know is is what it would be. He'd be like, yeah, I know. Like we said, I love you all the time. We had a great relationship. You know, it would be like, uh, not this big dramatic thing. It'd just be like, I know. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. Maybe that's my new, maybe that's a new song title.
0: Yeah, I know. And and you know, too. Right. I like that. That is cool. Let me write that down real quick. Yeah, write that down. I know and you know, too. That's good. That's good. That's good.
1: I'm going to give you a co-writing credit.
0: Okay. Well, I help you write the lyrics, so you just tell me. I'll make it work. Amazing.
1: All
0: right. Next one we have is The Other Side. So can you tell our listeners about the difficulties you have faced as an artist in the music industry, and what is one thing that you take pride in?
1: I think the the biggest difficulty is just the resilience. I think you have to just you know it's like everybody's looking for that big break, and I, I've been at places where you work towards certain goals and getting to a certain place of whether it's a certain types of shows you're doing, the people you're working with, and it's like you're always looking for that whatever that next big break is to get things to the next level. And sometimes that comes really almost easily. It feels like by luck and sometimes it takes a lot of grind, you know, and I think I grew up and I trained in like musical theater. So I think it really um, helped prepare me as an artist now for that constant hustle. Like you have to be, you know, if you want a performing job, you have to find it, you know? So I think, and then sometimes you go out for them and they reject you, you know? So I think it, really gave me a strong sense of resilience and perseverance that's fueled by passion because it doesn't matter how many times you get told no or how many you know I get I'm lucky that I play a lot of shows but that doesn't account for the hundreds of emails that go out to try to play this festival and that festival or that venue you know people only see the the yeses you don't see the noes but I think the I think that's the hardest part and what I'm most proud of is that level of perseverance and I think hustle is a word that's kind of gotten a weird connotation in the last few years but that level of just passionate pursuit of what you want because when you know it's the thing that you're meant to do it's what keeps you going and going so like intently and hard at what you want you know
0: I almost definitely know exactly what you're saying on that Dan and I think it goes back to when you say no to something or if someone says no to you it's actually Helping you to prepare yourself for a bigger blessing than what you were maybe even 100%. thinking was there, and I always say I would rather someone tell me no a hundred times, and that person is not in my corner the way I need them to be, than for me to say yes to something and feel as though I'm obligated or owe someone something based on their own belief systems and not my own values. So I think it's yes, it's you being firm in what you want to do in your life, but also being aware. And this goes back to having an emotional attunement within yourself. When you are emotionally attuned, then you can definitely decipher you know, genuine relationships and, and how those relationships can manifest into something bigger. And I think um, as an artist, as you say, you will have some producers or you will have writers who you just don't vibe with and that's okay. It doesn't mean that yeah. they're not great and talented at what they're doing. It just means that this is not the right project with the right individuals at the right time. And
1: Exactly. What's for me is for me. Exactly.
0: No one can take that from you. So I think that's a great, that's another title. What's for me is for me. (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) I've definitely heard that on different people's like affirmations. And that's one of those things that you hear. And it's sometimes in your life, you hear it and you're like, I can't take this in right now. I can't receive this right now. And then other times you hear it and you're like, Oh, I get it. Like you see someone get an opportunity and you're like, Oh, I would have liked that, but that's for them. And I hope they shine and I hope they thrive. And I know what is for me is for me,
0: you know? Exactly. And so I always tell people is that my job is not to stay fixated on someone else's blessings or what they're doing and how I can change or be a part of it. It's about being myself and being okay in the skin I'm in and making the right decisions for me, which I think goes back to having a healthy ego instead of an unhealthy ego. And so when we think of the word pride, it deals with ego, but I think if you're aware of what you take pride in. Like if your hygiene or taking pride in your work or your craft or your family, those are positive and healthy ways of having an ego, which doesn't have to sing you back into that, that negative space or around people who may or may not value
1: what you're presenting to the world. So I think that's good. A hundred percent. Because we don't know, you know, as artists, like the artistic world is changing every day. You know, like I remember back in, in this is so random, but back in theater school, and this is, you know, years ago, They were talking about, you know, you can't have a set plan for what you want to do because who knew there'd be a show like Hamilton or before that in the Heights or there was rapping and hip hop on Broadway. Like who knew, like, we don't know what's coming, what's around the bend. So it's kind of always kept me in a place of, I think with fate, we have to have a really kind of gentle tug of war. You know, you can't hold on too tight to exactly what you think you should be doing. There's times for that. And there's times to release a little bit and let the universe guide you where you're supposed to be. 100%.
0: And I'm glad you brought up Hamilton because I love like Leslie Odom Jr. Oh my God, the voice. Yeah, and I've been a huge fan of his for many years even before he became as popular as he is now. So hopefully one day Leslie Odom will hear this and he will want to be on the show. I think he has an amazing talent for sure. Oh my gosh, she's unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right. Next one we have is Run With Scissors. Now, this is going to be real funny on this one. (laughs) (laughs) So what is one lyric you wrote that cuts you deep into your soul? And who is one of your favorite artists that you can emotionally connect with, has influenced you into the artist
1: that you and we know today? So I think the lyric that cuts me the deepest, I... It's tricky because I, I I can think of a lot of other people's lyrics, but with my own, I think it's kind of our job as artists to uh, like kind of expose your wounds. You know, you kind of have to uh, theoretically, like, kind of cut yourself open and to 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 heal and to show yourself. Yeah, you know, we, we, we as artists, we go through things deeper than maybe a regular person would, so we can share it. And I think that's how you get the most authentically you know, kind of gut-wrenching real lyrics. I think the lyric from my own that I think is the most poignant is in my song, The Other Side, that I wrote about, I wrote about six months after losing my father about grief just because I wanted a song about grief that wasn't, you know, butterflies and metaphors. I wanted something that was really raw and real. And I came up with a lyric that was, how do I look ahead if I can't see you? And I think that was the lyric I'm most proud of. And I think really described my journey with grief is like, you know, you, you plan a future for yourself. You see your life, you see, you know, a wedding and kids and winning awards. And when a person that you saw in all those visions is no longer there, then all of a sudden it's like, but how do I look ahead? Because now it's going to look different. But that's, you know, that's the healing process, accepting things are going to look different than you thought. And that's you know, it's easy to talk about now from a healed place, but I think that was my most like jamming in the gut type of lyric, you know? Um, and then the artist that I that does that for me is Shoshana Bean. She is an incredible, incredible singer-songwriter. Um, she's still somehow underrated in this industry. I'm waiting for her to have her like Jasmine Sullivan moment where everyone's like, finally, we've been sleeping on her for so long. And then she just blows all the way up. But she's someone that, I mean, her songs start, and from the first chord, I know what I'm in for. I'm like, oh, Lord, okay, we're going here now. And she just writes and sings so so gutturally and so just from her soul. The way she interprets music and and lyrics, I think, is just the pivotal of how it should be done. Now, you tell me this. Do you know Shoshana Bean? I have met Shoshana Bean, actually, yeah, which is such a blessing. Now, this is
0: funny for me, because I think this is the same person. I've heard her before, but did she sing with Avery
1: Wilson and they did a live? Yes. Yes. And at that show I was talking about, at the Apollo, he showed up at it. He was in the audience, and she was like, so someone in the crowd tonight was supposed to sing with me, and he told me he was too busy, but I see him, so get up here and sing with me. And they did, like, an impromptu duet, and it was unbelievable.
0: Wow! Yeah, yeah. I, I'm a huge Avery fan, but I heard that on Instagram one day, and, yes. and I thought I saw her because I am following her, I think online, and I was like, I remember the name when you say Shoshana, I was like, wait a minute, I know exactly who that is, and she is amazing.
1: Yeah, I have loved her since back when I like when I was much younger. My only real exposure to the arts was through theater, and I remember going to see Broadway shows with my family, and I'm just thinking like, I enjoy this, and I'm a fan of this. And I like singing, but I don't see how I fit in this because I don't sing how they do. And then I happened to see Shoshana Bean. She was an understudy for a Broadway show. And I saw her go on, like, I think one of the very few times she went on. And the way she sang, I was like, whoa, wait, wait, wait. she's not doing what they're doing. She is doing something very different. So from, like, 12 years old, I have followed her career and just been so enamored by the way that she does what she does. And I actually met her in, this is so random, I was living in Hamburg, Germany, uh, working for a German entertainment company for a few years, and she did a concert in Germany, and I messaged her on Instagram, and I was like, hey, I followed you for years, and I'm going to be at your show tonight, and I got to have a few moments with her that night that was really, really special. Wow. I know that was like a dream come true for you, for sure. Listen, she, she does like a request section of her show where she's like, because she's done music and Broadway and everything. So she kind of does this thing in her shows where she's like, all right, what do you guys want to hear? Because I know everyone knows me from something different. Like, what do you want to hear? And someone had requested a song that she hadn't sang in like 10 years. And of course, being a super fan, and I, I don't fan go for a lot of people, but for her, I'm, I'm like, you know, I know everything she's done. And she started singing it and she's like, oh my God, I don't know the words. Does anybody know them? And in my head, I'm like, I know him. Like, let me start singing with her a little bit, and that turned into like, wait a minute, stand up, sing with me. And then we kind of had this impromptu sing together moment. I mean, when I tell you, I, I mean, I was on cloud nine. Like, I flew home that night. I was like, I can die happy now. Like, I just kind of sort of sang with Shashana Bean. (laughs)
0: That's awesome. I was dead.
1: Yeah, she's incredible. That's well.
0: Let's kind of put in the atmosphere that she'll be on the show as well. And then y'all can do a duet. And maybe that might be something where you can have her to maybe perform a a new version of a song dedicated to your dad. You never know.
1: Oh, my gosh. That would be the ultimate.
0: So we're going to put that on the vision board. I think that's something that could happen. Yeah, I agree. I think we should do that. Let's do that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I got another one for you. If you had the opportunity to perform in any venue around the world as a headliner, which place would you choose and what would be your number that you would use to close out the show
1: i i would love to play like a massive festival like i love watching videos from glastonbury the huge festival in the uk and um like miley cyrus who just at like lollapalooza or like something like coachella i think but especially places like glastonbury it's like there's like thousands and thousands like more people than you can even imagine out there and I think something about playing like a massive festival like that is to me is like one of the ultimate goals you know because it's just it's not just people who will be coming to support your music it's people from all different walks of life lovers of all different types of music coming together to kind of see you know see you and see what you're doing I think something like that would be amazing um and i would absolutely close it out with my most recent release called run with scissors it's a very when i wrote it i heard it as that like sing-along crowd song there's a section of the bridge that even on the recorder you can hear like claps and when i do it live now you get the whole audience like clapping with me and when we do it live at my band we do what we call it um we love on top it which is just taking from beyonce's uh you know notes Every time we do the chorus, we just go higher and higher and higher at the end until we're like, all right, that's enough. I, I, I'm going to go crazy. Um, and I think doing something like that, and perform performing live now, whether it's in a big room or a small room, I think like, okay, one day a massive crowd's going to be doing this with us. So that would definitely be the dream.
0: And dreams can become reality, right? Listen, you got to start somewhere. You, you definitely do. I mean, I, I believe that like when I first started this show, um, I originally was just recording by myself, and then all of a sudden, I spoke to one person who really helped reshape my life and just was someone who I really admired, and then it just started going from America's Next Time model to American Idol, yeah. to voice contestants, to Olympians. I mean, you just never know. And now, we're talking to Dan, right? <laughs> so it's just, it's a great <laughs> All it takes
1: is people around you to believe in you. You That's know, right. like, it's, it's the most underestimated thing because it's simple when it works, is that all it takes is the right team of people around you that just like see what you see and believe in what you believe. And it's amazing what can happen when you have that cohesive energy.
0: That's right. And you have to be in the right mindset to receive it when it's time for sure. Oh yes, 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 yes. All right, Dan. So I only have three more questions for you, Dan. The first one is, if you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would you say to young Dan?
1: This is tricky because I sometimes I think I would want to give Little Dan. First of all, Little Dan is my motivation for everything I do. When I first started doing solo music and my own kind of branching off from working with any other companies or just doing my own thing was about three, four years ago. And I, I I did my first big solo concert and I came home from Europe. That's where I did the show. And I showed my brother the video. And he was like, can you even imagine what like little you a 12 years old would think watching in the audience? And I like, even now thinking about it, I got chills and I like cried and was like, oh my gosh, like, that's what I'm going to do it for. Like as an artist, there's no clear path really on how to quote unquote make it or how to get to that next level. But I try to think if little me would think this was cool or if little me would be like, oh, wow, you're going to do that one day, then I say yes to it. So I struggle with, it's like, what advice would I give? Because I would love to be like, hey, here's some shortcuts. Like, you're going to go to school for that, but you're really going to do this. Or you're going to be singing on cruise ships, but you really want to do this. There's so many different paths my life have taken. But then I think I wouldn't end up to where I am and to exactly where I am and the whole human and person that I am if I hadn't gone through that. So I think the advice would just be to keep going and to stay authentic to yourself. You know, we, as artists and as humans, we know when we're being real. And I can look back at my whole life and see the moments where I was thriving was because I was just living so authentically. And the times that it felt not as good is when you kind of dim your light for other people or maybe something happened that your light gets dimmed for you. But those moments where you're the most authentic to yourself, like, you know, like I would tell him, keep going and you know your power you know the strength in being authentically yourself don't lose that cuz it can come and go
0: that's right but i think that sage advice for a lot of young people listening to this is that you know you have to believe in yourself but you're going to have moments when you're going to doubt your progression yeah. and where you should be but i think going through challenges is what makes us stronger and it goes back to the word you use resiliency you know we have to find that in those small intimate moments with ourselves and Sometimes and I like to tell people we need to have meetings with ourselves before we can have meetings with others. And
1: oh my gosh, I say the same thing. You have got to. You got that's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, you have to check in with yourself. Like, put your phone away, turn everything off, and have those alone, alone moments with yourself. Where you're like, okay, how am I really doing? You know, like my neighbors probably think I'm crazy because I live alone, but I talk to myself all the time because we have to. Like, you have to be your own best friend. You have to be able to check in with yourself, like, I'm feeling good, you know, or I'm I'm," whatever it is. I think it's, I think that's so important.
0: It's vital, especially when you're having those low moments for sure. Yes. All right, Dan, the last two questions I have for you is how can our listeners find you online and what's next for Dan?
1: So everything on all social medias, I'm at Dan Kiernan Music on predominantly Instagram, uh, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, everywhere, but mostly Instagram is where I'll post about my music, my releases. Um, I play a lot of gigs in New York and around there. So shows, uh, anywhere you stream music, you can just search Dan Kiernan. Uh, DanKiernan.com has merch, shows, everything. Search my name up wherever you're looking for something. And if I've done a good job, you should be able to find something there. Um, (laughs) And up next is a lot of shows, a lot of music. I'm Really grateful I'm playing shows uh, all throughout the city for the next few months. Have a lot of special events coming up for Pride Month in New York in June with a lot of collaborations with other LGBTQIA plus uh, musicians and artists in the city, which is exciting. And, uh, and new music is coming is coming really soon. So,
0: yeah. Well, I'm very excited for you and I think you are doing such amazing work. And we just so glad to have you on Black Canvas, and I would love to have you perform live. Hopefully, maybe after June, maybe in July, August, have you come back and sing live and hear your music, and we just want to be able to support you in any way we can. I would love to, and
1: thank you so much for having me. This was so nice.
0: Well, I've had a great time with you, and let's remember you guys to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas. Thank you so much, Dan, for being yes. on the show. Thank you. All right. Well, you have a great day and we're so excited for the new music to come. Keep me posted so I can support and share it. And we would love to have you back
1: soon. Amazing. Thank you so much. All right. Bye.
0: i